Hello everyone, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. Thank you so much for joining me here today. If you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly on the podcast and on YouTube every single Wednesday and you are not going to want to miss it. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Now, as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are dealing with a very twisted case. It is a case that is going to make you, yourself, question who you can really trust. For me personally, I always find these cases truly horrific because I can never fathom me personally being in either of these positions. However, I'm very interested to hear what you guys have to say about it at the end of this. So with that being said, let's jump right on into it today. Now, this case takes place in Montgomery County, Texas, and Montgomery County is the home to a variety of people. Montgomery County is definitely more of a rural area, and in Montgomery County is where a man named Ramon Sosa lived. And in Montgomery County, specifically where Ramon lived in an area called Woodlands, Ramon was very well known throughout the community. And the reason for that is because Ramon was actually a retired boxer, a retired professional boxer. And over time, the people in his community grew to know him and love him. And he was actually looked up to by many as a mentor. Now, growing up, Ramon found his passion for boxing early on in his teenage years. His father was also a very successful boxer, and that same passion got passed down to Ramon, and Ramon ended up being a professional boxer by the age of 17 years old, which is pretty incredible. Now, as Ramon was growing up, he was starting to realize that he didn't really know what life was like outside of boxing. He never really got to experience being a kid, He never really got to experience being a teenager, being a kid, because his life was so solely focused on boxing and always being professional that the passion for boxing started dwindling away for Ramon a little bit. And when Ramon's father started to see that, he decided to step in and make a decision. And that decision was to move Ramon to Puerto Rico, where he could solely focus on boxing again and really dig into that passion that was once there. But despite his father's efforts, by the time Ramon got back to the U.S., the passion for boxing had gone away, and Ramon started to look at different career opportunities that he hadn't looked at prior. He ended up moving out to Los Angeles, California for a bit of time for a job opportunity, and it was there that he met a woman named Dolores. Ramon and Dolores ended up having three children together, and the family of five picked up and moved back to Texas. Now, even though Ramon and Dolores never got officially legally married and never paid for a marriage certificate, Ramon and Dolores ended up being married just by the common law marriage because they had been together for up to 10 years. However, it was at that 10-year mark that the two of them started drifting apart and the relationship was not what it used to be. And ultimately, Ramon and Dolores ended up breaking up. 
The breakup was as amicable as it could be, and they decided to split joint custody of their children. Now, something that Ramon really leaned on through the process of this separation was boxing. This separation reignited Ramon's passion for boxing. So much so that Ramon actually began a nonprofit for younger kids for a boxing program called Young Prospects that was really popular throughout the community. It was at this program that Ramon met one of his closest friends, a man named Mundo, who will be very prominent throughout the rest of this case. Something that Mundo did not shy away from was the fact that he did have a very checkered past. Mundo had spent his teenage years growing up in a gang and did also spend some time in prison for that. However, it was after he was released from prison that Mundo decided that he was going to make a change in his life. He wanted better for himself and for his future, and so he really focused on doing whatever it took to make that happen. Now, at this point, Ramon was 40 years old. He was driving for FedEx during the day while simultaneously running the nonprofit organization. Along with that, he was also trying to spend as much time with his children as he could, so he definitely had his hands full. But there was one aspect of Ramon's life that was missing, and that was the romance department. Now, that was until the late 2000s when Ramon met a woman named Lulu Durantes. Lulu and Ramon had met each other at a nightclub. Lulu was walking past Ramon, who had his eyes on her for the whole night and accidentally stepped on his foot while trying to get by him. When she turned around to apologize, Ramon asked Lulu to dance and the rest was history. Ramon said, quote, she immediately caught my eye. The way she carried herself, I couldn't stop staring. She just captivated me. Not only was she very beautiful, but she could dance too. She then walked in front of me and all of a sudden she stepped on my toe and she was wearing these six inch heels. I bent down and she was so apologetic. All I could say was, would you dance with me? And we danced the night away. The two ended up getting engaged after about a year and a half of dating, and shortly after that, in 2009, the two got married. Now, looking back, hindsight is always 2020, and while Ramon thought that this wedding was the best day of his life, there was always something that stuck out to him a little bit. At the wedding, Lulu's mother went up to Ramon and whispered in his ear, saying, quote, "'Now she's your trouble.'" So now let's dive into this. Who is Lulu Durantes? Lulu was born in 1974 in Mexico City, and she was the middle child of three siblings and was raised by a single mother. Now, similar to Ramon, Lulu had also been married prior and had two children. Now, when the two met, Lulu had a visitor's visa. However, after getting married, she was able to be a legal American citizen. And from everyone's perspective, Lulu and Ramon wore perfect for each other. Everyone thought so, besides Ramon's children. Ramon's children knew from the start that there was something about Lulu that just didn't sit right with them. So much so that Ramon's children actually refused to go to the wedding of his father and Lulu. That's how much they were against this marriage. 
And the way his children had described the relationship between themselves and Lulu was as if Lulu was just playing pretend. She was going along with the fact that Ramon had kids, but knew that one day when they grew up and were adults, she wouldn't have to be around them anymore. She treated his children as if they were temporary. Ramon's children felt like Lulu was constantly putting on a show for Ramon to try and impress him, but they never felt like they had a genuine connection to their father's new wife. However, even though Ramon's children were not thrilled of who their new stepmom was, they went along with it due to the fact that there wasn't much that they could do about it. Ramon seemed happy and they didn't want to get in the way of that. Lulu was very supportive of Ramon's boxing journey, so much so that the two actually ended up opening a gym together after they got married. They opened up Woodlands Boxing, and together they worked as a team to keep the gym running smoothly. Ramon ran the gym and boxing side of things. He was the trainer, the mentor, while Lulu was in charge of the administration and the business responsibilities. And with Ramon's reputation of being a professional boxer and the nonprofit he had already started, the gym was a huge success. And from the very beginning, when that gym first opened, the gym was always Ramon and Lulu's first priority. The gym came first. The gym was really like their child. They treated it as if it were their child, that they were nurturing and growing to be successful. And it worked. The gym was a huge hit for everyone in the community. However, over time, Ramon was able to see that as the gym was gaining success and as the two of them, Ramon and Lulu, started gaining profits from the gym, Lulu's personality started to change. Ramon expressed to his friends that once the gym reached a certain point of success, Lulu became very entitled. She became very selfish and it was her way or the highway. And once the gym hit a certain point of success, the complaints from Lulu were never ending. Lulu would constantly tell Ramon that he was spending too much time working or that he was spending too much time with his kids. And this definitely created a shift and a divide in their marriage, so much so that they ended up separating in their house. Lulu and her kids and her mom ended up taking the second story of the home while Ramon lived on the first story. And in 2015, after six years of marriage, Lulu officially filed for divorce from Ramon. And immediately, when Ramon got the divorce papers, he knew that this was not going to be a smooth sailing process. He knew that Lulu was going to fight tooth and nail and do everything she could to get Ramon's assets. The Sosas were successful. They had multiple cars, they had motorcycles, they had a nice home. They definitely had assets that were considered valuable. And Ramon knew that Lulu would go to great lengths to make sure that she was the one who would get those assets, but no one could ever imagine how far she would really go. Do you ever fantasize about who you'd be if you lived somewhere different? Maybe you'd surf if you lived by the beach, or maybe if you lived in the city, you would live above a coffee shop and finally be able to write that novel you've always dreamed of. Or if you had a dishwasher, maybe you'd actually be able to start cooking and make a proper dinner at home. With over 1 million available units for rent on Apartments.com, the you abilities are endless. Apartments.com lets you narrow down exactly what you want and when you want it. And with their instant alert, 
you'll never miss out on seeing what could be your new perfect place. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place to live, whether that's an apartment, a townhome, or even a house, and they can help you find exactly what it is that you're looking for. Visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, this takes us to early July of 2015, and on this day, Ramon's best friend Mundo was at the gym at a time that Ramon was not there. And while Mundo was at the gym, he ended up overhearing a conversation between Lulu and her daughter that raised a red flag for him. During the conversation with Lulu and her daughter, Lulu expressed how she wanted Ramon dead. Now, Mundo knew that this wasn't some silly fight. This wasn't some expression of frustration from Lulu. Because he knew about the divorce and the tension that was going on between Ramon and Lulu, Mundo took this threat seriously. He walked over to Lulu and asked if she really meant what she was saying. And to Mundo's surprise, Lulu confirmed that she wanted Ramon to disappear Now, this was all very surprising to Mundo because Mundo knew that Lulu wasn't the biggest fan of him. Lulu knew about Mundo's past and didn't love the fact that Ramon was super close with him because of that. So it was surprising to him when Lulu began confiding in Ramon's best friend. But not only did Lulu express that she wanted Ramon to disappear, she went as far as asking Mundo to help her find someone who could take Ramon out. Now, Mundo knew that he needed to act fast in this moment, and he decided fairly quickly that it was better for him to get himself involved and be in the middle of all of this to be able to know what was going on. That way, he could relay the information to Ramon rather than Lulu go off on her own and find someone who actually would go through with murdering Ramon. Mundo told Lulu that he did know of someone who could help her with this process. He claimed that he had a friend who was a hitman named Paco and that he would connect the two of them together. Lulu was very grateful and thankful during this conversation with Mundo. However, again, for Mundo, this was a case of keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Now, immediately after leaving that conversation, Mundo went straight to Ramon and told him what happened. And at first, obviously, Ramon didn't know what to believe. He was in a total state of shock. Ramon said, quote, I was so upset. There was so much rage and I couldn't believe it. I thought Mundo was joking. He already knew that we were going through a difficult divorce, but when he told me what he had heard, I couldn't believe it. I was hurt. I was angry. I was in shock. We were still living under the same roof. I had a two-story home. She was living upstairs with her kids and her mother. I was living downstairs. I had to go home and see this lady who wanted to kill me. I had to look her in the face, end quote. 
Now, after Ramon had gotten hit with this news, him and Mundo collectively decided that Mundo was going to play along with Lulu's wishes. That way, they could gather enough evidence to bring to the authorities. So because of that, Mundo began texting Lulu. They were going back and forth before Mundo told Lulu that Paco needed a $200 deposit for a 9mm gun in order to follow through with the hit. Now, on Mundo's end, this was a test. He wanted to see if Lulu was serious, if she was really going to go through with putting a deposit down. And to his surprise, she did. And it was once Lulu produced the money for the deposit for the gun that Ramon and Mundo decided that they had enough information and that they were going to take this to the police. Ramon and Mundo went together to the Montgomery County Police Department and sat down with two officers and told them everything that was going on. Ramon explained how he was going through a nasty divorce and how Mundo had recently came to him with this information. Ramon explained that Lulu's motivation was greed and anger and that she wanted money. Mundo also handed over several phone recordings that he had from Lulu that he strategically took to show police to further prove that this was a serious matter. On the phone recordings, Lulu can be heard saying, quote, if he dies, I will have the life insurance money. I will have his pension payments for the rest of my life. My life will be set. He worked so hard for his retirement, and now I'm going to work hard for my retirement. This is my retirement, Mundo. His life is my retirement, end quote. Now, Ramon did have a large pension in his name from his time working at FedEx if his life were to be cut short or if he was murdered, and Lulu knew that. But not only that, and this is where things really ramped up for the police, Lulu went as far as telling Mundo that they were on a timeline here. Lulu stated that Ramon needed to be murdered on or before July 22nd, which was the date that their divorce was going to be finalized. If Ramon was murdered after July 22nd, then Lulu would not get any of the pension or the assets from the divorce and everything would go to Ramon's children. So because of that, Lulu was very strict on the timeline of this and how this needed to be done as soon as possible. And like I mentioned to you, Mundo overheard this conversation in the beginning of July. So this gave police about a week to a week and a half of time to figure out what exactly was going on here. And because of that tight timeline, as well as all of the evidence that Mundo and Ramon provided, police knew that this was a very, very serious matter. Police knew that everyone here was working against the clock, working against Lulu's clock. And because of that, police instructed Ramon when he left the police department that day to have as little interaction with Lulu as possible. They told Ramon to maintain as much normalcy in his life as he could. That way, Lulu did not get tipped off that he would know anything. But on the same side, not to have a lot of interaction with Lulu. Now, after Ramon and Mundo left the police department that day, the first thing that the police did was dove more into Ramon and Lulu's relationship. Even though Ramon and Mundo had provided them with a lot of evidence, they wanted to deep dive into the relationship to see if there were two sides to this story, to see if there were anything else that they were missing. And when they did that, they saw that in 2013, Lulu called the police for a domestic abuse on Ramon. However, there was no evidence to back up her claims. This led 
police down a rabbit hole of calls that Lulu had made to report Ramon. However, after the police had gone to their home several times over the years and saw no evidence to back anything up, they realized that this seemed like a situation of the boy who cried wolf. Now, these cases were fully investigated at the time that they were filed, and Ramon took a lie detector test, which he passed. And the grand jury actually refused to indict Ramon at the time because there was no evidence of probable cause. So police decided that their best course of action here was to collect as much evidence as possible. That way there would be no room for doubt and they would be able to arrest Lulu. In order to do that, they decided that the best thing to do would be to conduct an undercover operation. They ended up bringing in an undercover officer who posed as Mundo's friend Paco. Paco and Lulu ended up exchanging several messages and decided to move forward with their plan and meet up together. Lulu stated that she wanted Mundo at the meeting, that way she could make the introduction between the two of them, and police agreed that they would do this, that way they can make Lulu as comfortable as possible in hopes to get her talking. So police and Mundo set up a plan. The plan was that Mundo and Lulu were going to drive to a parking lot of a local department store and meet up with the undercover officer who was posing as Paco. Police instructed Mundo that him and Lulu could get into the car with Paco. However, once that initial introduction was made, they wanted Mundo to get out of the vehicle because they wanted him involved as little as possible. So after all of these instructions were laid out, on July 20th, Mundo, Lulu, and Paco met at the parking lot of the local department store. Now, little did Lulu know at the time, but throughout this parking lot, there were dozens of undercover officers. There were other undercover officers in cars, outside of the store, posing as everyday normal civilians who were going to be there if this meeting went south. Now, after Lulu and Mundo met up with Paco, Mundo left the vehicle as instructed by police. Now, the whole conversation between Paco and Lulu was obviously recorded, and on this conversation, Lulu states, quote, He is screwed with my life, so I want to screw with his. I want him dead. He is more useful to me dead than screwing with my life. End quote. After the initial introduction, Lulu and Paco went into specifics about how to carry out this hit. Lulu emphasized the importance of doing this sooner rather than later because she needed it done before July 22nd. She also stated that the perfect time to do this would be early in the morning when Ramon was on his way to work. She went on to say that she would give Paco $500 as an initial deposit and then another $500 once the job was done. She also promised Paco the title to Ramon's truck as well as multiple pieces of jewelry that Ramon owned to be forms of payment. Now, at this point, police thought that they had more than enough evidence to arrest Lulu. However, after taking the case to the DA and showing them the evidence, the DA was not as convinced as the detectives were. The DA looked at this from the standpoint of the jury and looked at Lulu, who was someone who was a mother of two, had no criminal history, and did not look like your average everyday person who wanted to put out a hit on their husband. The DA was not convinced that the jury was going to convict her, so they told police to take it an extra step further and see what Lulu's reaction would be when she found out that Ramon was actually dead. 
They wanted to see if she was going to be sad or happy or excited or regretful of her decision at all. So they wanted Lulu to believe that Ramon was dead, obviously without killing Ramon. So in order to do that, they needed to stage Ramon's death and get Lulu's reaction on video. Police had a meeting with Ramon where they explained everything that they needed to do. They told him that they were going to use stage makeup to create a lifelike bullet hole through Ramon's head and have him lay down in a shallow grave. They said that they were going to take a picture of his body and show it to Lulu to see what her reaction would be. Now, as you can imagine, this was incredibly overwhelming for Ramon to hear that not only the woman that he married tried to put a hit out on him, wants him dead, wants him murdered, but now he's going to have to take the extra step and actually pretend to be dead and be a part of the staging of his own death. So then later that afternoon, on the 21st of July at approximately 3 p.m., police took Ramon to a grave site that they had picked out. The site itself was extremely isolated and the grave site was already dug. And once they arrived, Ramon was placed into the 4x4 shallow grave. Once he was in, he was instructed to place his hands behind his back in order for him to appear restrained. Police had used stage makeup to make it appear that Ramon had been shot in the side of his head and used fake blood to pour down his temple. Once all was said and done, police took multiple pictures at different angles. And after the pictures were taken, and in order to ensure Ramon's safety, they put Ramon in a hotel for a few days. They took his phone away so that he wouldn't be able to contact any of his friends or family. And the point in doing this was to have Ramon's friends and family reach out to Lulu to ask where he was. And they did this because police wanted to see what Lulu's story would be. So in essence, Ramon had to pretend that he was missing. He wasn't able to talk to anyone. No one knew what was going on. It was as if Ramon had actually disappeared. Now, later that night, Paco and Lulu met again for a second time. When Lulu got into Paco's car, he told her that the job had been completed. He elaborated on a story that Ramon had put up a fight, but ultimately Paco was able to get him in the end and showed Lulu the pictures. Now, all of the detectives who worked on this case claimed that Lulu's response to these pictures was one of the most disturbing parts of this entire case because once Lulu saw these pictures, she seemed elated. She had the biggest smile on her face. She truly portrayed herself in that moment to be a very evil woman. Now, on the 23rd of July, police arrived at Woodlands Boxing where Lulu was working. When they arrived, they told her they had several questions for her. They had asked if she had spoken to Ramon recently or if she knew where he was. This is when she went on to tell police that they were going through a divorce, that she hadn't seen him, she hadn't talked to him, she hadn't heard from him, and they let her go on a rampage for about five to ten minutes before ultimately arresting her. Lulu was arrested for solicitation of capital murder and immediately after her arrest, lawyered up and refused to speak to police. Now, after Lulu's arrest, Ramon was able to leave the hotel room. He was given his phones back. However, the media was ahead of Ramon in this case, and this story was plastered everywhere throughout the news and the media, and a lot of Ramon's family and friends learned about it on the news. For example, Ramon's mother, who does not speak English as her first language, was watching TV when the news story appeared, and the only pieces of the headline that she was able to take away was wife killed husband and saw a picture of Lulu on the screen. So when she saw that, she was under the impression that her son had been murdered, that her son had died, and she went into absolute hysterics. She was beside herself. She was screaming. 
similarly to Ramon's children. His children found out the same way. Now you can imagine their surprise, their shock, and also their relief when Ramon immediately called them to tell them what was going on. They were all under the impression that he had been murdered. So you can imagine their surprise when his name showed up on their phone. Now, while awaiting for trial, Lulu never gave a motive or a reasoning for why she did what she did. The divorce was also finalized between Lulu and Ramon, and Ramon was awarded every single asset that was up for grabs between the two of them. On October 11th of 2016, Lulu decided to take a plea. Lulu pled to second-degree felony charge of solicitation of murder and received 20 years in prison. Ramon was at the courtroom during the sentencing and was also able to give a victim impact statement where he forgave Lulu for what she had done and was also able to express the anguish and agony over what had happened. However, Lulu never once looked at Ramon the entirety of her sentencing. So Lulu never spoke. She never told police what her reasoning was, what her motive was. She knew that she was caught. She knew that the game was up and she will be serving many years in prison to pay for it. And that, you guys, is the case of Ramon Sosa. I'm very interested to hear what you guys have to say about this case. So please let me know in the comments below. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Again, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly every Wednesday on the podcast. You're not gonna wanna miss it. I'll be back next week with a brand new one for you guys. And until then, stay safe. Bye guys.